Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage Podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage, and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women, so please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. Becky, thank you for joining me today on our podcast. And for those listening, Becky recently miscarried three weeks ago, and she is gracious enough to share her story with us today. So Becky, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about where um, where you were at. So you miscarried three weeks ago. You know, tell me about four weeks ago. Tell me about, you know, how this started. So um, four weeks ago, I was really excited. Um, my husband and I, um, we got married in October and we found out right before Christmas that we were expecting and we were both shocked and so excited because all of my friends have had fertility issues and I was not expecting us to get pregnant as quickly as we did. I was expecting all kinds of fertility problems and the fact that it happened so quickly, we were just beyond excited. And I had called my doctor's office and they scheduled the ultrasound to confirm. And we went in at the beginning of January and we had our ultrasound. We found out we were nine weeks and oh my two gosh, days. Wow. And we heard the heartbeat and <sighs> We were just so incredibly excited and we had been making plans with, you know, you know, I, we put down a deposit for childcare because my work has a childcare there and there's a really long waiting list. So I had talked to the director, put down the deposit and was so happy about everything. It just but a part of me was just wondering, is it too good to be true? But I was okay. trying not to think about that just because it took my husband and I a really long time to get together. And he would always say, you know, it should be easy for us. It took us so many years to get together that, you know, us having a baby should be really easy. You know, we it took us so long. This should be the easy part. So for my first prenatal appointment, I didn't think that it would be anything big. My husband was like, do you want me to come? I'm like, no, it's probably just a pelvic exam and drawing blood. You don't need to be there for that. You know, they're not going to do another ultrasound until 20 weeks. So I'll be fine. He's like, okay, well, I'll have my phone close by. So call me after it's done. Let me know how it goes and all of that. So I get to the doctor's appointment. And when was this? So at the beginning um, of January was the ultrasound, your nine ultrasound weeks. and then at nine weeks. And then I had my first OB appointment, um, the day before I turned 13 weeks. So okay. Friday, January 26th was when I had my OB appointment. Okay. And I went and I saw my doctor, she's in a practice and I wanted my first appointment to be with her before I started rotating around and cause we had talked about it when I was in for my, in for my annual appointment back in September about stopping my birth control pills and you know, hopefully that I would see her sooner rather than later. And she was like, I'm so happy to see you so quickly. And I was like, I know it's probably not something you hear very often, but I'm really excited to be here. And 
I haven't had any cramping or any kind of spotting. So I was feeling like no I, symptoms, no okay. symptoms whatsoever. And what about that, morning sickness, nausea, fatigue? So I was, I had all day sickness. Okay. Pretty much every day okay. until the start of my 12th week. Wow. And I was so tired and I was still tired. So literally at the beginning of that week was when I was not having all kinds of sickness and I was pumped. I was telling my doctor about this and she had brought in the Doppler machine and she started using it and she couldn't find a heartbeat. And I started to get nervous and she said, no, don't worry. You're right on the border of when you can hear the heartbeat with the Doppler abdominally. I'm not worried at all, but I want to do another quick ultrasound just just to be sure everything's fine. I was like, okay. She's like, I'm not worried about this whatsoever. This is totally routine. Nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. So we go back to the ultrasound room and the tech is in there and they start doing my ultrasound and I see the baby and I'm incredibly relieved because I was panicking when nothing was showing up on the Doppler. And I was like, oh, there's the baby. Everything is fine. And my doctor said, yes, that is the baby but there's no heartbeat. Oh my God. That moment is just, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Um, no, I'm still very emotional about it. And my heart just stopped and I just started bawling. And I mean, I'm still upset about it now. I'm crying, but, um, yeah, my doctor was super sweet. I mean, as nice as you can be in that moment, because I don't think there's really anything that prepares anybody to hear those words. And the fact that my husband wasn't there because we just thought it was a routine OB visit. We had already heard the heartbeat. We weren't expecting anything like this. My doctor said, she's like, I'm going to have you call your husband. She's like, you're going to go back to the exam room and we're going to talk about options. And she's like, but first and foremost, I want you to know this is not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. These things happen. And as much as it sucks and as much as it hurts, she's like, it's better that it happened now versus us finding out at 20 weeks during the anatomy scan that something was wrong or even worse if you delivered a stillborn. Which logically, I know in my mind that that's true, but it doesn't help oh, emotionally so bad. to hear no. that. It's just it, like your world is just completely turned upside down from the minute you take a pregnancy test, you become a mom. And yep. then all of a sudden you're told that you're not and your life is just completely flipped upside down. So it's been a rough couple weeks. Um, so I went back to the exam room. I called my husband and I told him what happened and he left work right away. He's like, I'm going to come and meet you at the doctor's office. Um, and I was like, honestly, just meet me at home. I don't want to stay here any longer than I have to stay here. Just meet me at home. I'll see you in a little bit. And he's like, okay. So my doctor came in and she started talking options, but um, I really didn't have an option um, since I was 13 weeks and I didn't have any symptoms. She said that the DNC was my only option, really, that there was a chance that I could pass it before 
I had the DNC, but it was highly unlikely given that I didn't have any symptoms. And what was the gestational age of your baby? Um, the gestational age was 10 weeks. Okay. So okay. my doctor... So not long after that ultrasound and you were still sick, still was, having all the classic symptoms. Right. I was super sick. Oh. I mean, I was sick all day. And I mean, I could drink ginger ale and it would kind of help, but it was just an all day nauseous feeling. And I almost... Like I would only puke sometimes, but I felt like if I could just puke, I would feel better. But it sometimes that happens, sometimes it didn't. It's just so frustrating that my body didn't give me any clues that something had happened. You know, I still felt pregnant even after I had like heard from the doctor and saw that there wasn't a heartbeat. I still felt pregnant. I still had the same symptoms that I was having you know, with being nauseous and uh, super tender breasts and just, you know, feeling sluggish. I always felt like that was, like that was such a cruel joke. Yes. Right? Right. I'm like, how did exactly. I felt such a disconnect with my body? Like, how do you not know this? How did I not know? And why do I still feel like this? There's no reason for it. And yeah, it's like a cruel joke that you still right. feel with that crap. <laughs> I know. I, I'm I'm still like since it is so fresh, I'm still really mad at my body for not giving me any indication that something was wrong. I feel like my body failed me in so many ways because I didn't have spotting, I didn't have any cramping, and I still continued to feel pregnant up until the DNC. And even a few days after the DNC, I still felt like I was pregnant. I feel very betrayed, which maybe that will go away in time, but Right now, since it is still so fresh, I it's still I just feel very betrayed by my body. It's something for you to work toward in the future, but it's I think it's great to just sit with the emotions you're feeling right now. You feel betrayed, and that's okay. Yeah, that's it. Sucks. Okay, so you're back in the exam room. She's giving you options. She says, "Okay, a DNC really is the best option since you were so far along." and and then what? Did you go home after that? You met, you know, back um, with your husband? So they told me that they, so I was at my doctor's office on Friday and they told me that they didn't do DNCs on Saturdays or Sundays, but they would schedule it for Monday and they would call later that day to confirm all of the times and what time I needed to be at the hospital. So I leave the office in tears and drive home. I live maybe 10 minutes from the hospital where my doctor's office is. I get home and my husband gets home maybe five minutes after I get home and I just give him a hug and I'm just crying. I'm like, I cannot believe that this is happening. And he's like, this just sucks. And he's like, well, what, what are, what are we going to do? I'm like, well, I'm like, they're scheduling my DNC. They're going to call and confirm what time we have to be at the hospital on Monday. and." everything that I need to do for it or, you know, answer questions for the nurses with anesthesia and all of that, like they'll call and let us know. And he's like, okay. So then it's just like, well, what now? What? Like, and Right. Cause your and, whole world is completely different than it was last time you were home. It is trippy. I, it's so crazy that you say that because literally I felt like, my entire world had been shattered 
within the last hour and nothing would ever be the same. So it's very interesting and just hard. So and did you get the sense that because your world is shattered? I, I mean, I felt like like the whole world should stop and I would, you know, people are still walking by, they're going about their day and it's just was baffling to me like my mind couldn't comprehend how their world was still okay and the same that day and mine was gone I you know I it's funny that you say that because I still feel like that now um so my I'm one of five kids and when I told my mom what happened because nobody knew we were pregnant Andy and I had decided not to tell anybody until we were officially done with the first trimester just to be on the safe side. So, you know, no one knew that we were expecting. And um, my mom had texted me like, hey, how's it going? You know, I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? Do you want to get lunch sometime this week? And I texted. I was like, so Andy and I miscarried at 13 weeks. I'm having a DNC on Monday. I'm not okay. And I don't want to talk about it. You sound so like my me. Mom, <laughs> I, my mom is has five kids, and she never once had a miscarriage, which is shocking given the statistics of shocking. how common they are that she never had a miscarriage. I have two older sisters that between the two of them, they have five kids, and neither one of them has ever had a miscarriage. So this is not something that has ever happened in my family, and... I think even to this day, they don't really know how to talk to me or even acknowledge. And they just keep asking me like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And then they just get really uncomfortable and feel awkward. And I'm like, just leave me alone. (laughs) And you don't understand. Just leave me alone. It's fine. You don't have to keep checking in on me. Like, just, just don't, just stop trying. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I feel like so many, like everybody else's lives are going on and my world has just stopped. And I keep hearing other people are pregnant or having babies right around the time that I was due. And it just feels like it's a you know stab in the heart. And then they're twisting the knife around. And it's like, well, why did their baby survive? Why did they have a successful first trimester? And I didn't. What's wrong with my body? Like, why is this happening? And then I feel guilty for not being excited for them and being jealous because I'm upset that my baby didn't survive. So I feel like it's just this cycle right now. And fortunately, a lot of my girlfriends, two of my really close girlfriends have had miscarriages within the last six months. The one had a DNC. And then my other girlfriend, she had an ectopic pregnancy. And she ended up passing it on her own, but it took her body probably a month or so. And she had to keep going back to the doctor and getting different medicines to help her pass it because her body wasn't doing it on its own. So they've been very helpful and just talking and telling me that it's completely normal to feel the way that I feel and to not rush trying to heal because I need to take the time to acknowledge my grief and be upset about it. Because if I try to skim over this, it's just going to be worse in the long run. So it's nice that I have people in my corner that 100% understand how I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean, that's fantastic that 
they're able to give you that advice because it is so, so important. Yeah. And um, I had made the decision, which is funny because in general on social media, I'm not an oversharer. I will say something about a workout class or, you know, when Andy and I got married, I posted pictures from our wedding photographer and showed our, the link to our wedding videographer's clip. You know, nothing that's by any means, you know, in depth or personal or that people would like, unless you're one of my close friends, you would, you would have no idea what's going on in my life. But because miscarriage is such a topic that nobody talks about, I had decided that I was going to share that I had one. And it's amazing to me the amount of people that have reached out to me that have also gone through a miscarriage. And I never knew because nobody talks about it. And it's incredible the amount of support that I've found from sharing that and people that I haven't seen for years. I talk to every few days now, just, you know, touch base with how's it going? Are you hanging in there? You know, did you have your follow up? Um, you know, this and this. And it's amazing to me. And when I found your podcast and I was listening to so many different stories and feeling like I finally had like some comfort that people had had similar things happen. And then they went on to successfully have another baby in the future. I was like, I need to reach out to this podcast. I need to share my story so that even though this is completely out of my comfort zone, maybe it will help somebody else. And maybe somebody else will not feel as alone if they aren't lucky enough to have friends go through something similar that they can share with them and talk to them when they need that. I'm so proud of you. You're absolutely right. I mean, thousands of women listen to our podcast and it's only been around a couple months. So yeah, I mean, I don't think you or I can even fathom the amount of people that this little podcast is going to help. And I know that it's difficult, especially I, I have a similar personality to you. I'm not someone who likes to share, so it's difficult, but it's so amazing for you. You know, it's good to, to talk about this, but also to help other people. So thank you so much. Yeah. And well, I actually, I feel like the more that I have talked to other people, the better I feel. I This past week has been a very good week for me. The first week was not, or I guess the first two weeks, I should say, were not so good. But this past week, I was feeling good and excited to be on the podcast and share my story. Oh my and God. a lady that I work with, her nephew, she found out that he and his wife were expecting. And she told all of us at work, which was funny because I was pregnant at the time and nobody knew, but Sherry had told everybody like, oh, my nephew and his wife are pregnant. They just found out. I'm so excited for them. And then I believe it was Thursday this past week, her nephew had called her and they were at their ultrasound to confirm and their baby didn't have a heartbeat. And oh my gosh, I like immediately go back to that ultrasound room where I found out. But when I heard um, about Sherry's niece, I didn't start crying, but I immediately said, Sherry, 
if she needs to talk to anybody, she give her my number. I am happy to talk to her. I know she doesn't know me. I'm a complete stranger, but she's going to need as much support as possible. And it really has helped me to talk to people and to not feel so alone because the minute you actually tell somebody you have a miscarriage, it's amazing the amount of people that come out of the woodwork that also have had one and can provide that support. So I was actually really proud of myself for, you know, telling her like, oh, I'm happy to talk to her. It's still really fresh for me, but it really helped me to talk to people. And I've been lucky enough to have, you know, friends that have gone through this that have been there for me. So I would love to be there for your niece if, when, and if she wants to talk to somebody. That's amazing. That's so I think fantastic. So I'm still very bitter and angry and upset with a lot of things, but I feel like talking about it has helped. And One of my main life lessons going through the miscarriages was that I could feel such a dichotomy of emotions. Yes. I'd be so angry and bitter and at the same time be texting a friend saying it'll be okay when I'm like, is it going to be okay? Um, yes. Yes, but it is, it is, it will be, uh, and it's okay to not be okay right now. Yeah. And I think that's the part that I'm struggling with the most. So I'm an accountant and I'm a very analytical person and I just want to know when that timetable is going to be because my friends have told me, you know, it's time. That's, that's what will be your best friend and your worst enemy. It just, it gets better with time and you know, you'll be okay. Just, it just takes time. And the analytical side of my brain is like, well, how much time is time? When, when am I going to feel better? If I could just put, make time tangible. So I know in, you know, if it's five days or five months or six months that at this point, I'm going to feel better. It's that I find that very frustrating, just waiting for time to heal. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know that so, I have much I, more I, advice other than I, saying yeah, I get it. I get I, it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you've miscarried or if you have delivered a stillborn or something, like, even if you've had fertility problems, I feel like you understand that frustration with time and, you know, also trying to be forgiving of people who haven't experienced a miscarriage and them saying the most horrendous things to you. And you're like, why did you tell me that? Why, why would you say that? And then trying not to take it personally and knowing or telling myself their intentions are good. They're not trying to hurt your feelings. They're trying to help. They just, they don't get it. So cut them a little bit of slack and I mean, even with my husband, I have to tell myself, you both grieve very differently. He wasn't the one to experience all of the changes. And I I think just in general, it's different for men when you're pregnant. It's not really real for them until they hold the baby or maybe feel the baby move. Um, But my husband has and I have gotten into lots of fights over the last three weeks with me telling him he's not being sensitive enough and not grieving our child in the way that I think he should be grieving. And it's, it's provided some challenges, but we're both big believers that communication is key and 
to try to put ourselves in the other person's shoes and know that just because I'm grieving a certain way doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong if he's not grieving in the same way that I'm grieving, but he's still grieving and that's okay. Yes. And a really underestimated thing for the female in the relationship or for the person who was pregnant is the hormones, right? Yes. Like from yes. the minute of conception, your hormones are going crazy and that takes a while to come back down. So you're not only going through a grieving process, you're going through a huge hormone shift and the partner isn't feeling that either. No. And Actually, when my husband and I were arguing about this one day, he brought that up. He's like, of course, I'm not feeling it the same way that you are. You know, you have had like a complete trauma to your body. And then to top it all off, your hormones are all over the place. And he's like, it's okay that you are frustrated and you're angry and you're not feeling like you. He's like, because you're not you right now. And that's okay. Which it was nice. Like at first I didn't want to hear that, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? He's right. Like these stupid hormones are all over the place. And he naively thought that with having a DC DNC that everything like after the procedure would just be back to normal. And I wouldn't have like these crazy hormone fluxes, which is completely inaccurate because they all, you know, after the procedure, everything is gone. And then your body is just all out of whack because you literally were at this point and now it's nothing and it needs to normalize. And it's been an Another adventure. thing that takes time. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> for someone who is not very patient like myself, this has been a very interesting life lesson and I'm just trying to go with it. I like the word interesting. That's something I always shared with patients to say, oh, this is interesting, interesting, because it stays kind of neutral. So that's a good word for the listeners, too, to try to say, that's interesting. It is. For me, it's been very interesting. And I, I, I guess it's because that's the only word that I can think of to describe it, because I don't know how to actually put into words everything that has happened other than it's interesting and it just sucks sucks shitty that's what I mean yeah (laughs) that was pretty much the the only words I could utter for about a week and a half after my second miscarriage like it's just shitty anyone would ask what's going on it's just shitty and yeah it's just the way it goes so it's just shitty exactly (laughs) oh man okay so just I'd love to hear just a quick summary of how the DNC went for you because you've listened to some of the podcasts. You know, a lot of people are either waiting to have one, about to have one, and they're curious. So how did that go for you? So I was really lucky with, I didn't have to wait very long for my DNC. So I found out I miscarried on Friday and I had my DNC on Monday and I had phenomenal nurses with um, where I was at the hospital. They had when my friend had her DNC, she had to walk through the labor and delivery unit where she had delivered. And she's like, it was awful. I just, it was awful. She's like, and then it was just not good. But my doctor's officer, the hospital that I went to, we had a separate women's surgery center and I didn't have to walk through labor and delivery. I walked in and 
ill. I was just crying and they let my husband come back right away. And their ner- my pre-op nurses and post-op nurses were just phenomenal and so caring and understanding. The one actually gave my husband her personal cell phone number for us to call her if we had any questions or if we needed anything. And the doctor who did my surgery, I met her that day. She was part of my doctor's office. Um, she was great. Um, I had a great anesthesiologist that gave me something to kind of make me not care and just be a little loopy before the procedure. So I, it helped a lot with the anxiety and my recovery so far, it hasn't been bad. I was crampy and sore. Like, I guess I should say it hasn't been bad in the sense that I haven't been spotting. I spotted for maybe a day or two. But then after that, I've had some cramps and just overall just body aches. But after about a week, I've been fine. And I think my cycle is back. My doctor told me in the office the day that I miscarried after a DNC that I could get my cycle back within two to six weeks. And I think I got mine back. I went to the doctor this past week for my follow-up and I told her that I thought I started my period because it was I had stopped spotting like two days after the procedure. And then she said that it could be my period. And if I wanted to start tracking, I could track it as a period, but to not be upset if I don't get another period for four or six weeks, that it's okay. But overall, it's getting back on track. Okay. Yeah, it it is. Like, and after witnessing my friend that passed naturally and her having to go to the doctor's office every week for blood tests and then having to take medication and multiple medications on top of that. I'm glad that I did the DNC because for me to be able to start healing, it needed to be over and done. And after that procedure, it was done. And in my eyes, like, like that, that was the final point and I could start my emotional healing and physically healing from that point and not have to worry about, going and getting blood tests on a weekly basis to see if I've passed it or not passed it. And you know, the whole back and forth, it was just, in my mind, it's easier to just be done and start the healing process. Yeah. It's good that you knew what you needed and you were able to do it. So that's great. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today, Becky, and sharing where you're at. I know it's only been three weeks and it's still raw, but that emotion is invaluable to share with other people. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for having me. And just for listeners or future listeners, share your story. It really does help and talk about it and don't be embarrassed. And while I'm still very mad and frustrated with my body, I've found a lot of healing with talking about it and sharing. And I'm not embarrassed that I had a miscarriage. So I'm mad, but I'm not embarrassed. So I'll take that.